0: At the time of recording this podcast, the Dow is at least up by 200 points, which is snapping a four day losing streak. And this might be just one of those trends where potentially when we wake up tomorrow and look at the market, the market could be down. Okay. But we don't have a crystal ball here at this podcast, but we're just continuing to observe what's going on with the markets co- currently going on right now. Okay. Not only that, but currently right now, at least at the time of recording this podcast, you have the S&P 500 that's at least up by 13 points. The NASDAQ is up by 22 points. And the Russell index is up by 15 points. And then the VIX is down 0.89%. But the VIX is still pretty up there, which means there's a lot of fear still happening on Wall Street currently right now. Okay, But some news that does need to be talked about. First off, we have some news from Apple. Apple is reportedly moving some of its production, especially for its MacBook. Pros, I believe it is. They're moving production to Vietnam. What does that mean for Apple going forward? Elon Musk is in the news as well. It's being reported that Elon Musk is searching for a new CEO for his company, Twitter. And What does that mean? It's kind of ironic how this news is breaking after yesterday when Elizabeth Warren was freaking out on Elon Musk a little bit. Then we got some news from Amazon. Amazon is avoiding a multi-billion dollar fine as it reaches EU antitrust settlement in the making. Now, this is this is going to be more interesting when we get to it due to the fact that we had reported yesterday that Facebook was potentially getting fined for its situation that it went through with the EU. Then we got some news from Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is having to pay $3.7 billion in a settlement with the CFPD. And what does that mean going forward for people who use their services? And finally, the big news that we'll end on today has to deal with FTX and how there are there's at least center majority PAC plans to return three million in donations from the disgraced former FTX executives. Things are gonna get interesting with FTX the more, more the news comes out with it. So we'll do our best to report what we can. So well, that being said i have to remind you all that i'm not a professional advisor anyway shape or form and everything i talk about in this podcast is for information entertainment purposes only you need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market please also note too that i'm not a professional advisor in any way shape or form and everything i talk about in this podcast is for information entertainment purposes only you need to do your own research before investing or talk to your professional advisor please also note too that i have a short a not short a small position and a long-term position in stocks today like Apple and Wells Fargo that we'll be talking about here on this podcast today. So with that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Apple will reportedly begin producing some MacBooks in Vietnam in 2023 as it shifts from China. Okay, From CNBC, Apple will begin producing some of its MacBook computers in Vietnam in 2023, according to the Asia Report Tuesday. The move reflects the tech giant's push to expand its manufacturing beyond China as it grapples with increased U.S.-China trade tensions and supply chain disruptions related to COVID lockdowns. Apple was reportedly in talks in August to move some production of its Apple Watches, MacBooks, and HomePods to Vietnam. Now the company's assembled partner, Foxconn, could begin producing MacBooks in the country as soon as May, according to the Nikkei, Nikkei Asia, I believe it's called. Apple makes more than 20 million to 24 million MacBooks each year, according to the report. Nikia Asia said in the, the company has been planning to shift some of its MacBook production to Vietnam for the last two years. The company manufacturing partner already uh, built some iPhones in India and have been in talks to build AirPods there, too. Meanwhile, Apple CEO Tim Cook has committed to buying U.S.-made chips from the new Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Factory in Arizona. TSMC is building two plants in the state with the first set to open in 2024 and another it opened in 2026, shares shows Apple were down less than 1% pre-market trading Tuesday. It's been a challenging year for Apple to navigate the supply chain. Last month, factory employees clashed with security personnel at its plant in China, the world's largest iPhone factory by Foxconn. The factory was also hit by the COVID outbreak in October that caused workers to flee the facility as the company moved to control the outbreak by isolating infected people. Analysis with the unrest in China will impact Apple's December quarter, historically the company's biggest quarter, which is bolstered by the holiday shopping season, and Apple has not responded for any comment at this time. All I'm going to say is this, okay? I'm expecting not just Apple, but I'm expecting a lot of companies that manufacture a lot of their stuff in China, they're going to start moving their stuff overseas. We've been saying about this a lot recently, and you can listen to some of those past podcasts that we have talked about, like, for instance, how Apple thought about moving... So it's products earlier this year, and now we're covering it again. And then obviously there's some chip companies that haven't been persuaded yet, but India is trying to persuade chip companies to move to India so that they can make production that happen there for building chips. Okay. China is no longer going to be a global force in the making when it comes to manufacturing. Okay. Other countries are going to start taking on because other countries learned or not other countries, other Companies learned that during the COVID lockdowns the last two years, maybe three if you think about it a little bit too, that when you rely too much on one area to manufacture your stuff, you're you're at the mercy of that country, okay? And now we're going to see this happen. I mean, there's going to be potential issues coming up soon. Maybe you'll see some documentaries about work conditions in the plants that Apple has in Vietnam or in India and all that stuff. But at the end of the day... Apple's going to start diversifying where it manufactures its products and services currently right now. And other companies will probably soon follow as well. I personally wouldn't be surprised, too, if we read in a future report one day that says less than 50% of Apple's manufacturing is done in China. But I also still believe, too, there will be a lot of manufacturing happening in China still at the end of the day because it's still considered cheaper, I guess, to be in China. And there's the labor that you need there in order to make the parts at the end of the day. But it seems like right now. Apple is the first to make this move. Who will follow next? Mm, if I was a betting man, I would say Microsoft might be moving some manufacturing as well. Obviously, you can argue the chips as well, but we've talked about the chips enough as it is. And maybe another tech giant like Tesla will have to start making its manufacturing in other places as well. That'd be an interesting thought right there if Tesla starts doing it as well, because it means that the transition from China to manufacturing other parts of the world is happening before our eyes. So we'll keep an eye out for some more, but this is becoming interesting that Apple's now moving overseas. And I also wonder, well, it's moving to Vietnam, not overseas, but I also wonder too how that's going to affect Apple's quarter earnings report going forward, but we'll find out with time. But with that being said, with Tesla though, it says here, Elon Musk actively searching for a new Twitter CEO source says, whoa, what is this from Elon Musk and C- CNBC? CNBC, Twitter owner and CEO Elon Musk is searching for a new chief executive for the company, Source told CNBC's David Faber. Musk, who acquired the company for $44 billion in October, has previously said his position as CEO would be temporary. In court in November, Musk said, I expect to reduce my time at Twitter and find somebody else to run Twitter over time. However, on Sunday, he wrote in a tweet that there is no successor. The question is not finding a CEO. The question is finding a CEO who can keep Twitter alive, he wrote. The billionaire posted an informal poll Sunday asking Twitter users if he should step down as head of the company and a majority of 17 million respondents voted for Musk to leave his post. He said Sunday he would abide by the results of the poll. Twitter's poll are straw polls, which means they are not comparable to professional public opinion research. Malicious bots or inauthentic accounts may also be able to register a response on the Twitter poll. Solstice told Faber that Musk's search for a new CEO has been ongoing and began before the Twitter poll was made. Musk's Twitter takeover has been rocky as his leadership has resulted in massive staff cuts, a spike in racist hate speech, advertisers fleeing or slashing their spending on platforms, as well as reinstatement of previous banned accounts. Uh, One reason he actually said, because we've talked about this in past podcasts, he had to make cuts was to save Twitter. Okay. So I I advise listening to that past podcast about why Elon Musk had to make cuts at at Twitter, okay? Continuing on, it says, the chief twit, as Musk has previously called himself, claims that Twitter usage has reached an all-time high since he took over and the hate speech impressions have fallen. The billionaire management of Twitter has raised concerns over his other ventures. Musk sold billions of dollars worth of Tesla shares this year to finance the Twitter takeover. He has also pulled in talent from Tesla, SpaceX, and Boring Company, including executive engineers and attorneys, to assist him in Twitter. Musk is CEO of Tesla and SpaceX and founder of Boring Company. On Monday, Senator Elizabeth Warren wrote to the chair of Tesla board, Robin Dean Holman, expressing concern that Musk and the board may have violated legal obligations to Tesla shareholders. The lawmaker, who has sparred with Musk in the past over the idea of wealth tax, asked the bro- uh, board to answer specific questions about the alleged misappropriation of Tesla resources and conflict of interest resulting from Musk's purchase of Twitter. In a tweet Monday night, Musk said, The United States has definitely been harmed by having Warren as a senator. Oh, there's that response I was looking for. Let's read that again. The United States has been definitely been harmed by having Warren as senator. I knew Musk would respond to Elizabeth Warren in some way, shape, or form. He never ceases to not have a pun back for anyone who's fighting against him. Okay. Continuing on, it says earlier this month, NASA Commissioner Bill Nelson asked SpaceX president and CEO whether Musk's distraction at Twitter might affect SpaceX work with the space agency. The embassy reported Nelson said that said she reassured him it would not. Musk did not really respond for a request for comment at this time. You know, I believe I I, I had heard this report yesterday that Musk was looking for a successor for CEO of the company, but I didn't think much about it. And at the time, there was hardly any reports on it. In fact, yesterday we reported that Senator Elizabeth Warren was worried that Musk was violating laws at Twitter and he had conflict of interest. Okay, and we kind of talked about a little bit more, and I advise listening a little bit more to that podcast yesterday to hear about Elizabeth Warren's, I would say, uh, paranoid activity when it comes to things like this because she never speaks out on other things like when for instance like when jeff bezos bought out the washington post yeah most people don't know that the washington post is owned by jeff bezos and amazon but people didn't freak out back then when that happened so was that conflict of interest to elizabeth warren i don't know you'd have to tell us but i don't think anyone's gonna be asking you anytime soon now this is what i need to say about elon and twitter and the ceo Whoever takes over as CEO for Twitter is going to have to have a similar mindset as Elon Musk. okay? Because at the end of the day, this guy is going to have to report to Elon Musk on everything that he does. okay? It's also interesting too that saying that Twitter usage has gone up since Elon Musk has taken over the company. Does that mean people have more faith that the company is going to do well? Or does that mean that more people are on it because that's where the conversation is being held? It's most likely because the conversation is still being held at Twitter. There's not really another platform that can compete with Twitter right now. Unless you count Donald Trump's Truth Social, I think it was, that is a competitor, I believe. But I, even then, I don't think it's that much of a competitor to Twitter. It's going to be interesting to see how Twitter goes going forward. And at the same time, since Elizabeth Warren is going to be trying to look all tough on, on in Washington that Elon Musk is violating some rules... I mean, we just read, it just said that Elon Musk wasn't planning to be the CEO forever at Twitter, that he was going to find a successor. And now it's being reported that he did say that. And now that it is, he's looking for someone, you know, probably someone who would be good in all honestly, if they are looking for a business person, they should probably get someone from, let's see, you can either get someone from the press There's plenty of people from the press that you can easily hire to run Twitter in some way, shape, or form, right? Or maybe there's someone that you're not even thinking about. It's hard to tell who Elon Musk is going to aim for. Maybe he's going to get a journalist to take over Twitter. That would be interesting, getting a journalist who's a former CEO or current CEO to run the company. That would be an interesting one right there because then fact-checking would be going insane, okay? Maybe that's what you no. Know, you know who you should hire. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, if Carrie Lake loses her court appeal in Arizona, maybe that's who Elon Musk should ask to take over as CEO is Carrie Lake. Hopefully, Elon Musk listens to this, but that would be an interesting thought. Carrie Lake, a CEO of Twitter, she's been a journalist. She's been a journalist for a long time, and Twitter's the new Times Square. That would be very interesting. Just a food for thought. So. Continuing on, it says Amazon avoids multi-billion dollar fine as it reaches EU antitrust settlement. Now, Apple recently was being reported yesterday in our podcast. I advise listening to it about how, no, was it Apple? No, it was Meta. How Meta was having to face this as well. I think I misspoke earlier at the beginning of this podcast. It's, It's Meta that's going through this right now with the EU right now. The EU has been speaking out a lot about antitrust going on. Now, the fact that's happening at Amazon too, this should get interesting. From CNBC, Amazon on Tuesday agreed to make some significant changes to its business in Europe as part of its settlement of antitrust investigations that could have resulted in hefty fine for the e-commerce titan. The European Commission, the EU executive arm, announced Tuesday that Amazon has made a series of commitments to address allegations and that the company was independent seller's data to its advantage. The regulatory has expressed concerns with Amazon's dual role as both a marketplace and a competitor to merchants selling on its platform. Amazon, for its part, says it's an enabler of small businesses in the region. In November 2020, the commission issued Amazon a statement of objections over its systematic use of non-public business data from independent sellers to benefit its own retail business. It also opened a second investigation into claims that the criteria set by Amazon for selecting featured merchants in its buy buy box tool and enabling sellers to offer products to users of its Prime membership program gave correction, pre-entital treatment to Amazon's retail business or sellers using its own delivery services. On Tuesday, the commission said that Amazon had made assurances that it would change some of those practices. One of the committees was a top using, correction, was to stop using non-public data on independent sellers for its retail business or for selling brand goods and private label products. The company also agreed to display a second buy box when there's a second offer that is different from the first on price other. Uh, or delivery and to let prime sellers choose any carrier for their logistics or delivery services. The changes apply only to the European economic area. In Italy, the Amazon has agreed separately legal remedies with the country's competitive regulatory relating to buy box and prime. Amazon will have until June of 2020, June of 2023 to implement the changes, which will remain in place for the five to seven years quote. Today's decision set the rules for Amazon will need to play by in the future instead of Amazon determining, determining these rules for all players on this platform, said the EU's competitive chief, competition chief, I mean, said in Tuesday's speech. Quote, with these new rules, competing independent retailers, carriers, and European customers will have more opportunities and choice. If the company has been found guilty, it could have faced a fine worth up to 10% of its global annual revenue. For Amazon, a company that made $469.81 billion of revenue in 2021, that could have meant a record $47 billion 47 billion penalty. Wow, 47 billion. I think yesterday was, yeah, I, you'd have to go listen to it, but I think it was somewhere between the range of five to 15 billion was for Facebook for their, for their EU antitrust stuff or their, not antitrust in their regards, Their, their theirs was for private security, if I'm not mistaken on there. No, no, it was for antitrust because it was for selling products on Facebook's platform. I remember now. Continuing on, it says, Amazon sent a statement that it was pleased that we have addressed the European Commission's concerns and resolved these matters. While we continue to disagree with several of the preliminary conclusions the European Commission's made, we have enraged constructively to ensure that we can continue to serve customers across Europe and support the 225,000 European small and medium-sized business selling through our stores, an Amazon spokesperson told CNBC via email. You know, the EU is ramping up a lot of stuff right now. And they're going to continue probably finding more of these tech companies, especially now it makes me wonder if like salesforce.com or even what's that other big player Shopify. I wonder if Shopify is going to be on the news next for the same thing as well. We'll find out in time, but it seems like they're going after any company right now, at least in the European Union that has to use any platform to sell items online. Okay. Okay. But speaking of companies having to pay fines, it says here, Wells Fargo agrees to $3.7 billion settlement with CFPD over consumer abuses from CNBC. Wells Fargo agreed to a $3.7 billion settlement with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau over consumer abuses tied to bank accounts, mortgages, and auto loans, the regulatory said Tuesday. The bank was ordered to pay a $1.7 billion civil penalty and more than $2 billion in reduced and redress to consumers, the CFPD said in a statement. The San Francisco-based company said in a separate statement that many of the required actions tied to the settlement were already completed. The bank illegally conducted led to billions of dollars in financial harm to its customers and for thousands of customers the loss of their vehicles and homes, the agency said in a release. Consumers are illegal assessed fees and interest charges on auto and mortgage loans, had their cars wrongly reposed, and had payments to auto and mortgage loans misapplied by the bank. The resolution lifts one overhanging for Wells Fargo, which has been led by CEO Charlie Sheriff, I believe, since October 2019. Last year, the bank told investors that it was likely to experience issues or delays in satisfying demands for the multiple U.S. regulatories. Then in October, the bank set aside $2 billion for legal, regulatory, and consumer remed- remedations matters, igniting speculation that the settlement was nearing. But other regulatory hurdles remain. Wells Fargo is still operating under constant orders tied to the 2016 fake account scandal. If you guys remember that, that was big news back in 2016, including one from the Federal Reserve that caps its asset growth. Furthermore, the bank's fourth quarter expenses would include a $3.5 billion operating loss or $2.8 billion after taxes from the incremented costs from the CFPD civil penalty, and customer remediation efforts, as well as other legal matters. The bank's still expected to post an overall profit when it reports it's mid-January, according to a person with knowledge of the matter. Ah, that's interesting. They're still expecting to have a profit, even though they're having to potentially pay for these. Okay, it says shares of Wells Fargo fell more than 1% in late morning trading, which means Wall Street is overreacting to the stock currently right now. Quote, this is far... Reaching agreement is an important milestone in our work to transform the operating practices as Wells Fargo and Wells Fargo and to put these issues behind us. He said, the CEO said in a statement, we and other regulators have identified a series of unacceptable practices that we've been working systematically to challenge and provide customer remediation where warranted. You know, Wells Fargo is constantly being plagued by issue after issue. Okay. Or not, not plague after issue after issue. They're, they're being constantly looked under a lot, okay? And I'm surprised other banks aren't being looked at as well. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if other banks are having similar issues. It's just Wells Fargo's taking all the heat right now, okay? Remember, it wasn't that long ago that the banks in 2008, 2009, even though it seems like forever ago, the financial crisis, ha- crisis happened, and all the banks suffered because of it. I don't, th- I don't know. I don't remember how Wells Fargo did. I mean, I was still in high school at the time. But it seems like the banks are being hit hard. Now, that bank scandal from 2016 was a huge deal for Wells Fargo. And Wells Fargo, in particular, is going to continue to feel the pain in some way, shape, or form. Okay, Now, they are saying they're going to have a profit next quarter, which is interesting because that means that Wall Street's overreacting to this fine that they have to pay potentially. But bank stocks are still going to be considered valuable in some way, shape, or form. And this isn't financial advice at this time. It never is financial advice. I mean, well, bank stocks run the economy currently right now in some way, shape, or form. Interest rates are on the rise as well. And that will affect banks in some way, shape, or form as well. As interest rates rise, banks, I believe, make more money. So this means nothing really for Wells Fargo at the end of the day. But speaking of banks and money and donations now... This is kind of big news, okay? On the politics side of CNBC, Democrat Senate Majority PAC plans to return $3 million in donations from disgraced former FTX executives. Ooh, the plot thickens with FTX in the making. So you see the pro-Democratic Senate Majority, Majority PAC plans to return $3 million in donations from the former FTX CEO, Sam Backman-Fried, and the crypto exchange ex-head of engineering, Nishad. The group said Tuesday the super PAC, which spent more than 160 million supporting Democrat bids for Senate seats, received two million from Sign—I think that's how you say it—Sin Sin or Sign—and one million from Bankman-Fried during the 2022 election cycle, according to the Federal Elections Commission records. Following the scenarios allegations against FTX, Senate Majority PAC previously set aside the contribution amounts from Sam Bankman-Fried and from Nishad sign with the intention of returning the funds once we receive proper direction from the federal law enforcement officials based on the legal proceedings a PAC spokesperson told CNBC on Tuesday the Democratic National Committee and the Party Senate and House Campaign Arms and Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee and the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee have made similar commitments to return donations from the former FTX executives how much money is this going to be at the end and what's also interesting too is did Republicans get money from this as well too? Let's find out. Let's continue reading and find out. It says here, Bankman-Fried had contributed millions towards other PACs aligned with the Democratic Party, including to the House Majority PACs, Protect Our Future and Future Toward USA. The Bankman-Fried fund had uh, hedge fund. Alameda Research donated more than $5 million to Future Forward USA, which went to spend millions backing Joe Biden's 2020 candidacy, candidacy for president. Those PACs did not respond to requests to comment on whether they would return the contributions. Ah, that's interesting. Big McBride also donated $6 million in April to House Majority PAC, which raised money for Democrat candidates running for the lower chamber, according to the FEC filing. The PAC will send funds in question... Wh- wherever authorities instruct us spokes spokesman cj workin said in a publication to the story bankman frank contributed nearly 40 million in the midterms and most of the money went to democrats signed donated 8 million federal campaigns during the 2022 midterms the former ftx director of engineering has not been charged with any crimes the PAC is returning the donations after Brinkman-Fried was arrested in the Bahamas and is facing charges from U.S. federal prosecutors as well as the Securities and Exchange Commissions and the Committee Futures Trading Commission's protesters charged Brinkman-Fried with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and securities fraud, among other allegations. Okay. He was also charged with violating campaign finance laws, including allegations that he gave at least 25,000 to campaigns and political action communities in the names of other persons. Interesting how this is all breaking right now. And it says here, continuing on, it says, Bankman Friend diverted customer assets held by FTX, a majority crypto's exchange, to a separate crypto hedge fund. Alameda Research and SEC is in compliant. He then used those funds to make large political donations to make investments and buy lavish real estate, the SEC alleged. Bankman Friend has not responded to charges brought against him, but he said in a recent New York Times deal book summit that, quote, I did not try to commit fraud on anyone. FTX announced Monday it would recover contributions made by Bankman fried and his colleagues. Okay. This is interesting. They didn't report any Republicans right now in this article, but they're at least admitting that the Democrat side of things was getting donations. But like we had read earlier, it says here what Joe Biden's Joe Biden's candidacy for presidency it says those PACs did not respond, which is the the five million which went to future Ford USA, which wanted to spend millions backing Joe Biden, did not say if they would return the money. Okay. At the end of the day, we need to pay attention to this, and all honestly. And this is probably a part of the podcast where you should send out to friends and family at this time. Okay. There's all this money that FTX gave to Democrats when they ran for office. Now, there probably will be a report soon on the Republican side. We don't have that currently right now. And when we do, we will want to report that because I'm curious to know how much money FTX did give to Republican candidates when that time comes. Because at the end of the day, you can make donations whoever you want. Okay. And I believe maybe I think there's a law maybe that says you have to give donations if you're a company or you don't have to. I don't, I'm not, I'm not big on law. I'm sorry. We're just here reporting the news as much as we can. And like I said, I'm quite surprised that this article was written. No, honestly, $3 million is going to be going back. Okay, Democrats are giving back $3 million. And who knows how much more this will be when it's all said and done. My best estimate, I believe it's going to be a lot higher. I would say pretty close to let's just throw a ballpark number out there. I'd say close to 20 million probably in donations. This is my opinion. Okay. I think there's close to 20 million in donations somewhere out there has to probably be returned. My bet. Okay. Maybe I'm completely off. Maybe it's something really going to be like 10 million at the end of the day, but or maybe I'm completely off. And it's maybe even a lot higher number, but money's being returned. And hopefully there'll be more reports on this soon. So we can be able to keep telling you what's happening with the FTX discussion. But as of right now, this isn't looking good on the politics side of things. And the sad thing is, midterm elections just finished up. And a lot of people in the United States don't even know about this right now. So please, I'm asking, please share with friends or family so that we can get the word out about what's happening with the FTX discussion. So with that being said, I have to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have enjoyed this, please continue to share with friends or family as every share helps grow this podcast as much as possible. To my loyal podcast listeners, thank you so much for helping us grow this podcast and continue growing on this journey. I hope you have enjoyed today's podcast as well as I try my best to get the news out to to you fellow podcast listeners as much as possible because like I always said, this isn't always being reported on CNBC or any other news channel at this time. So with that being said, thank you so much for today's podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.